Hang on. It's thinking. Come on. You can do this. <laughs> Come on. What are you doing? Uh, I'm just waiting for it to, to show red. You, you, you'll you see a little red thing pop up on your screen as soon as oh, it yeah, goes okay. live. Yeah. All right. Hang on. Watch. Check this out. Yeah. What'd you think of that cool little intro, Cameron? Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, listen, Cameron Swain, 2023 R3 Cup champion, right? ASBK. Yep. Yes, absolutely. In the house. Welcome to Pinda Gas, Cameron. How you doing? I'm doing very well, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Now, listen, it's an absolute honor to have you on the podcast. I, I got to support all my Aussies, right? Jack Miller, Troy <laughs> Bayless, Ozzy, uh, Ollie Bayless. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, dude, Anthony Gobert, you see my Go Show helmet right, right there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that was actually his first helmet before he, he did the, the Reaper on the back of it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge Ant West. I mean, awesome. dude, I could sit here and go on and on about fast you Aussies are and how much of a fan I am for sure. <laughs> so they, they, they yeah. Favorite? <laughs> uh yeah man I actually got a sign Anthony Gobert poster right here uh on my wall that uh I met him at uh Phoenix International Raceway when I went to Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Yeah it was actually the last year that uh AMA it was it's Moto America now but AMA actually uh raced at PIR which is Phoenix International Raceway. It was a crazy track super dangerous too um yeah yeah, that's why they say no, no more. So yeah, but listen, uh, this is about you, Cameron. Uh, I want to know, dude. I want to start from the beginning, Cam. How did you get into motorcycles to begin with? So I actually I started when I was four years old, just because Dad he used to race motocross when he was a kid from about oh he started he he started probably started riding them around seven and finished up when he was around fifteen. I guess alcohol and girls got the better of him. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he he did uh, motocross racing in Sydney area. Um, he actually he used to ride with sort of in the same club as Matt Maladin at times. Um, but they were in a dad was in the sort of the age group above him, so he never raced him. Um, he always said our Matt was a lot faster though. <laughs> Dude, Maladin is an absolute yeah. legend. Also, one of my favorites over here. The thing that I loved about Matt Cam is that. It was no BS with him, right? He didn't care to make friends. He wasn't here for that. He was here for one reason only, and to win. And to me, that's, uh, that's an absolute legend and a champion. Yeah. So he did a bit of riding with him, but so obviously he had a love. My dad have a love for bikes ever since he was young, and um, he watched MotoGP all of his life. And then he, you know, kept riding dirt bikes just for fun and street bikes. And then, yeah, he got me into riding dirt bikes when I was four. Um, on a little Yamaha P fifty, what most kids start out on. Um, but I actually had a little crash in this little like gravelly paddock area, um, probably on my second or third go. And I said I wouldn't ride for three years, and I didn't ride for three years. So, um, you know, I'd constantly tell Dad how boring bikes were. I hated it and <laughs> all this stuff. I wouldn't watch MotoGP. Um, but then when I was seven, I lived across the road from a schoolmate and he started getting into little mini bikes and he come over and he kept seeing the peewee just sitting in the garage 
and he said to dad, what's it doing? Can I have a go on it? Dad's like, yeah, sure. It's not doing anything else. So um, they took it out to the the cul-de-sac, the, the street we lived on. And he just got on and started going up and down the street. And I was watching him. And to be honest, I started getting pretty jealous. And uh, I said to dad, I want to have a go. And from what he, he tells me, he was so happy when I said that. So, um, and then, yeah, I, I had a go that day, really, yeah, when I was seven and just to the throttle that first time and never looked back. Nothing like it, is it? And listen, I'm a dad. My my son, he's 11. His name is Hayden Rossi after, well, the two legends, right? Nikki Hayden and Valentino. I had yeah. the aspiration. My wife was pregnant. Uh, dude, I'd be playing MotoGP races so he could hear them. I'd put the little headphones in and put them on my wife's belly and was like, dude, future champ. I used to go around and tell everybody, right? <laughs> Absolute opposite yeah. of me. He's not really into motorcycles. He loves to go to the races live and intermingle. Yeah. He's got he's got a couple buddies in Moto America and uh it's uh I bought him a couple bikes and he rode them a couple times. It was like, yeah, I'm just not ready. So yeah, I understand when you said dad, I want to absolute I'm I'm waiting for my son to say the same words <laughs> to me. So I get it. Yes, yeah. it's stuff, man. Yeah, it, I mean it's just I don't know, I guess some kids they just like find it completely boring, but um Everyone's got different interests and yeah, but absolutely. He's more into Fortnite and the Oculus, you know, the 3D eyes. It's cool. It's fine. But yeah, I'd much rather be out there riding dirt bike with him. But yeah. Yeah. So your dad got you. Well, you jumped on it, said, dad, I, I want to have a go. First time you get on it, there's nothing greater feeling in the world than getting mm. on that and twisting that throttle. Right. Yeah. Um, so after that, how did all this transition into racing? Well, I did. I never actually raced dirt track uh, seriously. I really did dirt track for just riding around, like in trails and going to motocross tracks with dad for about, I'd say, uh, two and a half years. And then we used to go to this place called Caboolture Friday Night Bikes. It's a little uh, suburb near where we live. And they'd hold this thing every Friday night where You'd pay 10 bucks just to go cut laps around this uh, horse riding track. Um, yeah, and I was going there for like two and a half years. And there was actually some somewhat fast kids there. And there was four groups and the fourth one was the fastest. And um, I started out in group one and was slow as and said I'd never be as fast as the dudes in group four. And then, um, but I just kept going there. And by the end, I'd was just cutting laps around rings around everyone and I actually got I got kicked out of the club because they said I was too dangerous and stuff like that. But um that kind of sort of I guess that's probably start sparked my interest for competition. Like just that little bit of I want to beat that kid and get in front of him. Um and then we got a call up for in at the end of twenty seventeen to go out on a Oh no! Midway through 2017, to go out onto an NSF 100 Honda at this little driver training circuit called Lakeside Raceway, and uh, went out there and I did that ride day on that bike, all in my dirt bike gear on the road. So, I, but I wasn't getting my knee down or anything. But at the end of the day, I said to Dad, it was my best, the best day of my life, and uh, so 
it sort of told him that I was interested in the road bikes and then he was he got in talks with a couple of people and they ended up buying me a Metrikit 80 two stroke as my first ever road bike um pretty big bike like for when I was what uh eight eight years old turning nine so um I wasn't capable enough to ride it either like I just wasn't experienced enough but yeah that was my first bike and yeah, I ended up doing a race at the end of 2017 at a track called Grafton North Coast Road Racing Club, just a little club event that people go to have fun at. But it was an awesome vibe out there. And um, But I went out and did that race. Um, there was only about seven kids in it, but by the end of the weekend, I was I got, I made my way up to third and started catching the dude in second place who'd been doing the series for the whole year. And it sort of just showed mum and dad that, I wasn't terrible and um, how much, like, I mean, I, w- I was committed, you know, to try and do well. Um, and, yeah, it sort of made them realise that it's what I wanted to do. And that's when all this money started getting spent, right? Because it is not cheap. Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so after your, your, your Metro Kid 80, where did you go from there? From the Metro Kid 80, um, we did in we went into 2018 into this series called Moto Stars run by Damien Cudlin. Mm-hmm. So he was he was an ex Moto GP or he absolutely. did a couple. Absolutely, yeah, I know exactly who he is. Yeah, yeah. a couple of wild cards in GP and yeah. a lot of endurance racing. Um, yeah, and he ran this championship called Moto Stars for just to give young kids a place to race. Really, like that's at our age that's there wasn't much else that was it um and it was around go-kart tracks around up the east coast of australia um like we'd go down to victoria for race meets and it was on these ko 154 strokes so a lot less power than the metric 180 but a lot more uh tame friendly bikes and but you know we we learned to push them pretty hard and it was a very good bike to learn on um and kids that I raced in there, like uh, Marianas Nicholas and Carter Thompson, they're over in uh, Europe now racing. So um, that series definitely worked to bring through riders. And um, But, yeah, that's what I did in 2018. 2019, uh, I did Stars again um, in the same series. And then 2020, it's when we applied for the Oceania Junior Cup. But that was a very COVID-affected year. We only really did – we did two rounds. But the second round was – they sort of made it a double header. So they made it round two and three in one weekend. Um, but, yeah, my first season in that, I got fourth. Then did Ocean Junior Cup again in 2021, which got affected by COVID again. And we only got to do three rounds. And I ended up winning the championship that year, which got me – yeah, a ride into Asia Talent Cup for 2022 with MotoGP and then did that in 2022. I struggled a lot, to be honest. Um, at the start, I wasn't quick enough um, against the, the Asians. Like, they're just born and raised, like, just they're wild. Like, it's – they'll do whatever they can to win. Um, but they just got such small frames on them and, yeah, I mean – my best finish all year was a P11, which wasn't too bad. Um, but it's awesome. Yeah, 
then that led into last year where we did the ASBK R3 Cup and Supersport 300. And I won the R3 Cup and the Supersport 300, but the Supersport 300 is actually still undecided because of a yellow flag incident, but we should have a decision fairly soon on what's going to happen there. Yeah, yeah. You, you got it. Absolute got it. Yeah, that's proper, man. So, dude, the whole Asian Cup, I'm, I know that was a tough series to jump into, right? Yeah, I mean, because we went from Ocean Junior Cup, 15 horsepower, 150 bikes, um, straight onto a, like, you know, the, R, the R15 is a pizza delivery bike, you know, just with a bit of suspension and race fairings on it. But then, so we won that, but then we got put onto this just made-to-race Grand Prix chassis Moto3, or pre-Moto3 bike. Yeah. Um, and I just wasn't ready at the start for it. Um, pro- I didn't train enough for it. Um, I just didn't know what I was in for. And then we did the first two rounds at uh, Qatar and in Indonesia, and I saw how far off I was. And then we had a six-month break in between Indonesia and Japan, and I came back and I just – I worked my ass off um, just constantly and I, I got a lot faster um, and we went back to Japan for round three and I ended up qualifying P9, which was a massive improvement. And then unfortunately had a bike mechanical there and um, was fighting for the top 10 in that race. But yeah, I think if, you know, with the bike mechanical, I had to get onto a spare bike five minutes before the race, which, you know, didn't have the settings or anything like that in the bike. And I just had to go out there and ride it. But um, from there on, you know, it was a struggle again, to be honest. Like I was running 15th for the rest of the year. And that's And just like with my size probably didn't help either because being, what, 60 kilos compared to the, the other kids who were, winning which were like what 50 kilos and i remember the spanish coach telling me the minimum heaviest he'd want you at would be 55 kilos um to be even be competitive on the bike just because they're they're so small and compact and the power to weight ratio is so crucial to go fast on them so the lighter you can be the faster they go and um but yeah, just being that bigger Aussie size with, I don't know, a bit more muscle, I guess, didn't help at all. But, um, <clears throat> sorry, um, stepping onto the bigger bikes, hopefully size won't be an issue. Well, it hasn't been, so yeah. That's, listen, I, I could only imagine how tough it would be, right, to jump into a whole new series on a bike that's a lot more powerful, uh, racing um, jockey horse racers, right? Yeah, Versus yeah. you, you're looking at him, you're going like, I remember the first time I met Danny Perdosa, right? I've seen him, watch him on TV for all these years. I finally meet him at Indy. Uh, <clears throat> I went to the Indy GP every year. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this, I don't see how he rides this MotoGP bike. Cause he's literally yeah. like three foot four, you know, 50 pounds wet. <laughs> maybe is how he looks, you know? Um, First time I met Stoner too, right? Can't forget about Casey Stoner, a proper legend. Um, yeah, it's in Troy Corser too, right? I want to get in that whole Troy Corser. How'd you get up with Troy Corser and in the training? Because man, I've always been a huge fan of uh, yeah. Troy, absolute legend. Yeah, Troy. Um, so last year I was racing, yeah, first of the ASBK, and 
I was racing against a guy called uh, Brandon Emery, um, and Troy had teamed up with him for the year, and Brandon was one of my main competitors. Um, he was leading the Supersport 300 championship for quite a while there, and he was in the fight in the last round. There was me and four other dudes, I think, separated by 10 points, including him. Um, and, yeah, Troy was in there helping him. Um, but just throughout the year, I guess my performances, like, I topped, a, like, just a lot of practice sessions. They're, they're not important at the end of the weekend, but I sort of showed my speed all the time and was always at the top of the qualifyings, doing the laps on my own, you know, didn't need the slipstream or the toes to, to do it. Um, and, yeah, obviously, I, I yeah, I won the most races out of anyone that year. Um, and, um, yeah, I guess it just took it, caught his eye and um, he's helped, started helping me uh, since then and, like, he's helped me with training and nutrition, um, how to be prepared for the event, um, hydration, um, just all, all the little aspects to not necessarily riding, just at the end of the day, like, you need everything to be put in place if you want to win at, at the highest level. So being physically and mentally prepared is super massive. So he's been helping me a lot with that. Um, and also just his advice on riding as well. You know, he's a two-time world champion. Um, he's given me a fair few tips that are for sure working and helping me. And, um, yeah, I can't thank him enough. Um, you know, sometimes you forget who he is. Like, I was at World Superbikes the other day walking through the, the paddock with him at the end of the day and everyone's stopping him for photos and stuff and it just makes you so feel privileged to be able to hang out with him and like as as a mate you know um yeah. it's yeah it's awesome it's I, I know exactly what you're talking about since i've been doing a podcast i've gotten m many road race friends and it's an absolute honor right so when i go to the races i see him it's all hugs what's going on man you know and all that it's yeah, yeah. and then you know i've been such a fan you know you forget about all that because at the end of the day they're your mates now you know so you you see things different right yeah. um yeah. but yeah absolute man i remember growing up watching troy courser yeah it's uh Absolutely, I remember him and Gobert. Uh, uh oh, we lost him. Hang on a second, guys. What's up, Mike Cook? How you doing, my man? Glad you're you're watching the podcast. Mike's a good friend of mine. Oh, 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 there he is. Sorry, you cut out the whole time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I lost you there for for a second. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I remember growing up watching courser and him and gobert were actually really good friends and i remember when he won the championship and anthony was like you know congratulations troy yeah. i i wanted to win it but if anybody else is going to win it yeah. absolutely wanted you to win it right i'll never forget that it was absolutely uh yeah proper that it just yeah troy i can't believe it dude how awesome is that man i'm sure so it, it, as far as him training you as far as the nutrition in your workout routine how much different was that than what you were previously doing uh compared to what i was previously doing probably um i was sort of doing a similar sort of routine before before he gave me his one but to be honest his one is just a lot more intense and longer uh so it sort of made me think, I just realized like 
if you can do that, like you'll be able to go 30 minutes at least on the bike, just nonstop with no issue, you know, like the, the circuit training we do is pretty intense and, uh, it gets your whole body just burning, you know? Um, but by the end of it, um, once you get on the bike, it just, you feel so much better. Um, but yeah, he's like the hydration's a massive one, like being hydrated before, before you even get to the round, like days prior, you got to just make sure you're constantly saturated. Um, and then, because as soon as you start getting dehydrated, it's sort of hard to get back properly hydrated. Um, but yeah, once you're at the track, just making sure you're constantly flushed through, you know, because um, yeah, it makes you concentrate better. Um, you got better energy. You're cooler, core body temperature as well, staying cool. Um, but yeah, his, his physical training was just a lot more intense compared to to my one when he showed me it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so did the nutrition side of things change a whole lot for you or is it kind of basically the same? Um, the nutrition side, like last year I was doing this diet where very low carbohydrates, high protein, but I found it <clears throat> made my energy really low. Um, and I was just feeling really hungry all the time because at the end of the day, carbohydrates is what fills you um, yeah. and gives you the energy. Um he kind of just told me, you can't just cut out carbohydrates fully. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing special to what we eat. It's just good food. Like, you know, for dinner, it'll be steak with salad, um, potatoes, um, or, you know, chicken with <clears throat> salad, potatoes, you know, just good, clean food, high protein, bit of carbs. Um, and then you got your veggies. Uh, during the day, you know, it really it can be just like a good sandwich as long as like maybe whole grain bread with just meat and salad in it. There's nothing too special to the diet as long as you just got good sources of protein, um, not a lot like overload on carbs, but a good amount to um, just keep you energized during the day, um, but not put on fat. So you've got to constantly obviously be training um which sort of so the carbohydrates will fuel you for the the workouts and then yeah you can be ready to to go on the workout and you got everything you need really to prepare for battle absolutely you do listen i'm a big advocate on good home cooked meals no processed foods like me personally yeah. i completely changed my diet up and and when i did uh I started listening to my body, what it likes, what it don't like, even far as, you know, even fruits and certain vegetables, I eat something and my nose gets stopped up. Right. Well, then yep. I know something in that my body re has a reaction to. So I cut it out. Right. No matter how much I like it. Um, yeah. If you listen to your body, it'll tell you exactly what it likes and exactly what it don't like. Yeah. It's uh, absolutely. And it's good for your mind state too. Right. Because this game, uh, the sport you're in that we all love, um, yep. It's very mental. It's a very mental game. And I'm sure Troy's probably told you it's 80% mental, right? Uh, the other percent physical. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's good to have all that. And I drink water only. I don't drink soda. I don't drink sweet tea, peach tea, yeah. nothing. It's it's water or 
a Guinness, right? Because I do like my Guinness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, who don't, right? Who's not a Guinness lover in here? Uh, but yeah, it is absolutely very important to to uh, have a great diet, a good workout. Uh, I lost a lot of weight by doing that. I was almost in a forty waist. I'm down to a thirty four now. By changing yeah, my right. diet up, cutting out all that processed bullshit, yeah. uh, doing push-ups because I'm a big fan of push-ups and yeah. ice baths. Yeah. I love an ice bath. Yeah, are you into yeah. ice baths? Yeah, I I know I, I should do them. I haven't done, actually done one. Oh, it's I take, absolutely I take a amazing. lot of cold cold showers, but yeah. It, it, listen, I started off with the whole cold shower. It's okay. Like it's it as cold as it can get. You jump in there and you know how you <gasps> right. Yeah, but but yeah. once you start breathing. And you, get, yeah. and you get your breath down, you're fine. But if you move a millimeter, it starts yeah. all over again, right? That's what I don't like about the shower, right? Because you're constantly like putting your body in shock all over again, okay? Yeah. Versus yeah. filling up the bathtub, all right, or and, and jumping in it, right, and just soaking in it for like two minutes. And then once you catch your breath, it's like it's you're not cold anymore. It's really uh, – it's it's awesome it's it's hard to explain the the euphoria feeling you get from it right you get out cameron and you'll notice like a couple hours after you're like man i feel so good right now right and you, then your body will start craving it and you're like dude i got i need an ice bath like yeah. i'm going to jump in ice bath i actually got a creek about two blocks down the street my buddy lives right there next to the creek and i'll go down there and jump in yeah. it because it's absolutely <laughs> cold right and uh yeah it's i love it Big advocate of ice bass. Um, what's going on, right? This is, this is my son Rossi. He just got home from school. Um. Uh. So yeah, we got um my man uh, Chris Lewis all the way from the UK. He says, "What is going on, guys?" Um. And then my man Simon Bordelli Bordini. Man, I always mess up his last name. I'm sorry, Simon. Uh, he's actually out there in Australia. Um, great guy. Absolutely yep. amazing. Yep. And then he says, Ozzy, 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 Ozzy. Right. Yeah. Look. Oh, there it is. Yay. Yep. And then uh, my man, Steve, Steve uh, Vassblom. What is going on, buddy? He's actually in, um, oh, man, New Zealand. Yep. He's from, yep. Yep. So it's good stuff, man. Good stuff. So listen, I ask this question to everybody. Jake Marsh, my man, he's in BSB GP2 class. Jake Marsh is an absolute legend, mate. Yeah. Yep. He races in BSB. Um, do you have any like rituals you do, Cameron, to prepare yourself for a race? Because uh, some guys I have on here, there's been a several that actually they put everything on the left, right? Left side only first. Yep. Um, and then one of my buddies, uh, racers in Moto America, he wears his socks inside out. And I was like, why? Because you know how when you put on the socks, it has a little strip in front of it. Your toes get on it and you're moving yeah. them sometimes. Well, if you wear them inside out, you don't have that problem. So now I'm an advocate inside out sock wearer, right? Absolutely. Uh, but what do you do to prepare for a race? One, with your gear and mental preparation, like music-wise or anything like that? Um. It's actually a bit strange. Um, during I've always been quite big on superstitions, you know. Uh, they used to be oh, stuff like, yeah, I'd wear the correct undies and the correct socks. Um, uh, during during the sort of rituals would be like my routine, you know, stretch, get my gear on 10 minutes before, you know, have everything on. Five minutes before, earplugs in, 
uh, two minutes before helmet on and gloves, you know. Um, and if it was a bit out of whack, you sort of you don't get you don't get flustered, but maybe a little bit uncomfortable. Um, uh, I never, I, to be honest, I never had a big thing on putting the left on boot on or left glove on first or right glove on first, anything like that. But I sort of used to do a lot of um, how do you explain it? Hoping before the event, like, uh, like it's it's hard to explain. I'm not a big, I'm not a big God person, but like I'd do, you do, you sort of mini pray before the race in your helmet, um, and you know, ask for help. I don't know, but and I used to do that all year, but before that last round, I just sort of snapped out of it and said I said to myself you know what what are you doing you gotta just do it yourself you know it's if if putting you know um the wrong pair of socks on or wrong pair of undies on is is what's going to stop you from winning a race then yeah yeah you're meant you're insane um right yeah so i gotta be honest i don't have any superstitions now or rituals i all it is is my training i put in all my hard work into my training um i don't listen to music usually during the training because it's not like you got you don't know you don't have music on the bike you know you just got yeah all, all you got is groaning and uh suffering you know and uh <laughs> i try to replicate that a lot so um Unless you're doing a cycle, you know, when you, it's just an hour of pedaling and there's nothing else, you know, yeah, I'll listen to music then. But before the race, no, I don't listen to music or anything like that. All it is is just getting into my head and just telling yourself you will do it and you will you will top the session and you will be the fastest and you will win um, no matter what. Um, all, all that goes through my mind is just what I need to do to win there's never now i don't have any yeah like i said i don't have any rituals or i don't do any of that sort of little praying stuff anymore or um anything like that all it is it just comes down to you and your own mind uh and overcoming everything yourself because uh, yeah like i said if putting the wrong sock on is what's going to stop you from winning that's just <laughs> i just told myself that's just stupid you know yeah it's <laughs> nonsense man yeah right yeah it's yeah. it's it, listen spoken like a true champ right you, you get in your own you sit down calm before the storm yeah. uh yeah that's so before i podcast every podcast i do i do almost exactly the same thing i go in there i look at myself in the mirror i have a prep talk right like because i get anxiety and and all that stuff and nervous just because i'm so excited right and i got all yeah. these thoughts running through my head so i go in there and uh, I talk to myself. So it's my way of calming myself down. I do my little breathing exercises. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. We're going to go in there and murder this podcast and have a really <laughs> good time, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and and uh, it, it's very important. It, it is. Um, the, yeah. the mind game, the mental game is absolutely everything. And Steve, Steve says, in, in my day, I was my own crew, so I was double duty. And um, key is having good habits. Yeah. So yeah. Um he also says double check your fuel level 
if your girl at the race, she gets a kiss before the helmet goes on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. For but sure. Um, that go ahead. Yeah. Another thing is, is like, uh, the training sort of, you know how they say it's oh, 90% mental, uh, 90 percent, 90% uh, mental, 10% riding, you know, if you're at a hundred percent fitness, you know, not, you know that fitness isn't an issue and that, you know, you have the speed, for example, like going into that last round last year at the bend for the final round of ASBK, where there was five people, 10 points separated to win the championship. I knew I was a hundred percent fit and that that wouldn't be an issue. And I knew I had the speed to be honest. It was almost just a hundred percent mental, like just making sure you were not going to fumble um, and that you were going to be strong, you know, take whatever anyone throw at you. Um, and just, yeah, it's the first time I've ever found that it was just all mental, like, um, just making sure that you were the one getting in their head, beating them, you know, and just being, just trying to be superior. But, but yeah, um, I found that was quite, quite fun last year when, yeah. when that we came down to that last race, um, in that situation. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So do you find it hard to have friends in the paddock that you actually race with? Yeah, uh, I'll be honest. I probably don't have too many friends. Well, when I when I say friends, probably you know ones that you talk hang to out with. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You hang out with a lot off the track and talk with a lot. You know, um, it just <clears throat> I've got friends outside of the class. Um, like I got a good mate Teo Axu who's over. Um, in Spain at the moment, and yeah, I raced him before, but I've known him since I was uh, eight, you know. So it's a bit, it's a bit different. Um, but and also, I'm pretty good friends with Marianos Nicholas, who's in European Talent Cup this year, yeah. who I've raced against. But yeah, again, I've known him since I was <clears throat> nine, and. You know, we, we get along well, but, like, there's definitely for sure people in my class who I'm friendly with and I don't have any problems with. But yeah, when it comes to good good friends, when it comes to riders, there's not there's not a lot. <laughs> but that's just the way it is. Uh, you know, like I said, there's a couple, but at the end of the day, every single person there wants to beat you and I want to beat all, everyone there as well. So, like... It's pretty hard to be mates with the people you're racing, but or good friends. Like mo most of my friends are just, um, you know, people who work in the paddock. They're not riders, um, yeah. but yeah, um, or sponsors, you know, stuff like that. So, who's your favorite Australian racer? My favorite Aussie racer. Um, Oh, I know the list is long. I know <laughs> it's hard just to choose one, man. It really is. Um, <clears throat> obviously, well, at the moment, like just because 
the situation I'm in. Like Corsa. Troy yeah. Corsa, he you know his he his uh his vibe and uh, personality is just like for the for a two time world champion, he's so uh, down to earth um, and humble. You can talk to him about almost anything, and you can have a, you can have a laugh with him. Um, you know, but there's uh, some professional riders who you can just—it's like talking to a wall. You know, um, I, I do absolutely, I do. Yes. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> um, Troy, you know, his personality, and also Troy Bayless, his personality as well. Like Bayless. I've hung out, I'm, I've hung out with him as well before. Um, Ballistic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but both of them, they're just great down to earth people. Um, I've actually never met Casey Stoner or Mick Dawn. Um, but obviously those two are the best Aussie riders that there's ever been because, you know, just their outright speed and their world titles, obviously in MotoGP. Yeah. But yes, I don't actually, I don't have a, and also Jack Miller, he's down to earth. A lot of yeah, baby. Yeah. Sorry, man. That that was actually an unfair question on me because I get asked that question. Like, who's my favorite rider in Moto America? Friends with all those guys, right? So my answer is everyone. I'm friends with everyone. They're all my favorites. Uh man, it's it's such a yeah, such a tricky question, man. Do do you have a favorite rider in general in the world? Rossi or Marquez or um I definitely think that like I'm pro- people will probably disagree or they'll have arguments, but I think Marquez is the greatest rider ever. Like his speed and natural talent. I mean, even if people I don't know, think he was had done maybe done some aggressive and dirty things or they don't like him off the track. I don't know, but I I think <clears throat> no one's ever been faster than him. Like and his natural talent but um i actually run my race number is 26 because of pedrosa um when i was seven i first watched the you know the hitting the apex movie absolutely yeah so i've seen that like countless amount of times and in that you know it's about pedrosa marquez simoncelli stoner lorenzo and rossi and when I was young, I just gained a love for. I got a big Marco Simicelli yeah. on my tattoo. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, yeah, but I just I gained a lot of interest in Pedrosa, and uh, I saw how many times he was going to win the world title, and there was a big ch- part of that movie that was about it, and all the injuries he'd gone through, and how unlucky he was, and also about his size, like. I remember, I think it was like 2005, he won, or no, 2004, he won 250s um, in his first year. <clears throat> and they he they wouldn't let him move up to MotoGP in 2005, so he had to do 250s again. And he won the title again, so then they couldn't really hold him back. Um, but yeah, like, I've never met him, but I, I know how tall he is, and I'd tower over him, and to, yeah, like you said earlier... To think he'd ride a GP bike as fast as he did was is pretty, is pretty mind blowing. Uh, And yeah, but like, just, and but all the way through until about 2018 when he left, I'd always still go for Pedrosa. Just 
Yeah. The samurai, right? Yeah, considering that when you was eight years old, you was actually as tall as he was, right? <laughs> At the time. Uh, listen, dude, I love Danny. I'm a huge <clears throat> fan of, of Danny's too. It's, uh, man, it was just amazing how tiny he was. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I never envisioned how small he was. Uh, yep. I, I go to MotoGP every year, and I get the VIP paddock pass, so I meet all them guys, and uh, yep. I'm surprised how tall some of them are. And yep surprised how short some of them are right and how skinny i'm like man this kid right here's got to run around the shower just to get wet that's how skinny he is right i mean it's it's <laughs> yeah the muscle them bikes around the way they do is just absolutely uh yeah legends yeah. listen all you guys are legends cameron you're a legend anybody that throws a leg over a race bike seriously and gets out there and gives it them all day in and day out is absolute proper legends in my book personally so <laughs> thank you yeah, listen. Yeah, so 2024. Let's talk about 2024 real quick. Um, you said you're going to do a couple rounds on the 600. Yeah. Um, so beginning on the, the 600 in ASBK, yeah, 600 class, and I'll do three rounds of that during the year just for gaining experience on the bike. It's, it's not the main championship that I'm focusing on this year, but <clears throat> I'll obviously go my best. And uh, – um, yeah, like I'm going out today to do some testing on the 600 and do just a, a Queensland championship title this weekend at the same track. Um, yeah, just also it's good training, you know. The bike's a lot faster than the 300, and if you if you can go fast on one of those, it it'll probably help you go fast on a 300, easier. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be fun to be trans transitioning onto that bike this year and doing some riding that but yeah like i said the the main focus is the world r3 cup which will be held in catalonia so barcelona then assen then Mizano, donnington then magnicor which is in france um and then aragon at the end of the year with and it finishes up in september and it's all going to be run with world superbike so um that'll be a good opportunity for me just to well, yeah, to do racing in Europe and try and um, gain some contacts and try and Im impress a bit over there um, with that opportunity. And, um, yeah, like I did uh, a wild card last year at MagniCore in that, in the same championship, but it was their final round last year, MagniCore. And um, I managed to get a P8 and a P10, and I was running with the front group for the my first time there. And you got 30 minutes to learn the track, you know, yeah. you got 30 minutes. To, and actually in that session, my bike blew up. So oh, no. I only got, I only got five laps of practice and then throw, you're thrown straight into qualifying. Um, so this, our schedule is, is so just fast. There's no, you've got to try and just learn the track before you even get there completely, you know? Yeah. Um, and then obviously walk it and see some more things. But yeah, I did that wildcard last year. And then I did another um, race with the same crowd at Portimao called the the World R3 Cup Super Finale. So they pretty much they picked the best R3 Cup riders from around the world. Um, went across Spain, Italy, uh, Thailand, Australia, Germany, Netherlands, France. Yeah. Um, and... We all went head to head there, and last year I got third position, um, 
yeah, in the the World Super Finale, which got my foot in the door, really, uh, to do it fully this year. Um, <clears throat> and I made a, some good relationships or a good relationship with the the Yamaha Europe crew last year. And, um, yeah, um, so, yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing f- for a full season this year. And uh, hopefully some good things come from it. Absolutely. Well, I need to put you in, in touch with my mate, Luke Power. He races in World Supersport. You know Luke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He's a good was, mate of mine. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to Luke. I was at, we were at Philip Island the other day. We, we talk a bit, and, uh, like, he, he's in the same paddock over there, obviously. Yeah. And, yeah, I was talking to him a fair bit last year, just, <clears throat> you know, how he was going. And, uh, um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm friends with Luke, and... Um, I'm sure I'll obviously see him again, and uh, yeah, I wish him all the best in the the World Six Hundred class. Absolutely, man. So listen, dude, I I, I know you got to go. We got about fifteen minutes. I'm actually gonna let you go a little bit early than an hour, so you can prepare yourself for for your for your session coming up on the yeah, Six Hundred. But listen, I just want to ask you a, a couple quick. Uh, uh, personal questions away from road racing and all that. And listen, I would love to sit down and do this again with you in, in the yeah. future. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So what I, I'll send you my WhatsApp number and all that. It's just easier to, to, to communicate back yep. and forth. But anyway, uh, I'm a big book listener, uh, audio book. Do, do you read books or listen to audio books at all? Yeah. I'm reading a book at the moment. Um, about David Goggins. I don't know if you know him. Dude, apps, dude, both his books are absolutely amazing. I listen to them on audio form, and they are, yeah, yeah. Yep. I love his his saying, and it always stuck with me. I want to be uncommon amongst uncommon men, right? I'm like, dude, that is absolutely yes, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. man. So yeah, good books, man. Uh, I just got done listening to um Matthew McConaughey Greenlight. It was a motorcycle autobiographies. I've read pretty much all of them out there. The best one so far has been John Hopkins. So if yep. you have not read it yet, absolute proper read. You should absolutely read it. So uh, what kind of music are you into? Um, I'm into dad. He met, he actually, he got me listening sort of to his day and age music growing up a lot. Like uh, a lot of the 80s music, like uh, In Excess, U2, ACDC. Um, Also a bit of Red Hot Chili Peppers. So I actually, like kids my age probably don't like a lot of that stuff, but I've I've listened to a lot of it growing up and uh, just because being around him so much and doing all road trips with him. like So, yeah, I like all that sort of music. Like I – but – Um, a bit of rap is pretty good as well, and yeah, but just just good music, you know, not 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 music with like constant swearing in it. Yeah, no, no, there's no meaning, you know. Uh, yeah, just, you know what I mean. Absolutely, I'm with you. I listen to a little bit of everything. Frank Sinatra to Red Hot Chili. I'm good. As a matter of fact, I'm going to see Red Hot Chili Peppers in June here in Virginia Beach. I can't wait. It's going to be yeah, awesome. absolutely amazing. Yes, yes. So, uh, Star Wars. Are you into Star Wars? You yeah, like Star Wars. Yeah, I watched all the Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Me too. So, what Star Wars character would Cameron be? Uh, 
Who would I be? Um, I was always a fan of Obi Wan Kenobi, but <laughs> um, also Yoda's pretty cool. Uh, who would I pick? Probably, probably. Or you know, there's Luke Skywalker. Probably. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Kind of a hard question. Yeah. Uh, maybe either Yoda or maybe Luke Skywalker. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, do you have a celebrity crush? Celebrity crush. <laughs> um, there's a couple of Instagram models, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Karina Kopf. Shit, you can't go wrong. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yes. Apps. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So PlayStation or Xbox. Oh, I don't know what happened. We lost them again. Hang on, guys. We'll bring him back in real quick. I don't know why he keep. There he is. All right. Sorry, I, I don't know what happened. Say something. I can't hear you. Say something. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Hang on. Yeah, I can't hear you, Cameron. Say something again. It, it, is your volume turned up? All right, hang on. I have a little bit of issues real quick. Can you hear me now? No. Try to back out and come back in. Hang on. Um, back out. You back out and then come back in. Yeah. All right. Let's let's bring him back in here in a second. All right. Now I can hear you. Yes. Now I can hear you. There it is. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, I, I said, no, yeah, you're good. PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation, yep. Absolutely. Me too. I play PS5, Ride 5, and that's a good way to learn these tracks you're going to, right? Get on there and, and, oh, and yeah. play. Yeah. yeah. I, I play with a lot of road races around the world. Uh, BSB, Moto America, so we'll have to jump on there and I'll battle it out sometime for sure. <laughs> be a yeah, lot I've, of fun. I've done a fair few hours on the like all the all, all the MotoGP games and all that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, then, yeah, we'll have proper mega time on the PlayStation. And so, uh, are you into the Isle of Man TT at all? Oh, it's an awesome thing to watch. But to be honest, I no, I haven't. I haven't ever ever been there, or like, I don't. It's not my biggest interest, but for sure, I have a lot of respect for those guys. Like, it's something I'll I'll probably never want to do that sort of stuff. Um, like it just what they do is wild like you know they're they're absolute legends it's it's actually my favorite race of the year the tt that whole two weeks is just it's <clears> the <throat> most beautiful thing i've ever seen on two wheels absolutely <clears throat> yeah. 
Uh, I went to, I just got back from Cadwell Park in August of last year yep. to the BSB race in Cameron. Bro, seeing them jump that mountain is absolutely, <laughs> dude, one of the most beautiful things, again, I've ever seen in real life. I'm like, you got to be kidding me right now. But yeah, listen, we're we're like 52 minutes into this. Uh, I'm going to let you go here in a minute so you can go uh, chop laps on, on, that, on that 600. Uh, yep. But before we get off here, Cameron, I need you to shout out tell everybody how they can follow you on social media, join your fan club, that whole nine. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll for sure give you a shout out as well. Do you have an Instagram and all that stuff? Absolutely. I do. Yep. All right. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Pretty, thank you, man. Listen, it's an absolute honor to have you on. Uh, I will message you my WhatsApp number and yeah, we'll take it from there. We'll schedule a part two to this. Cause I got so much more that we have yeah. yet got to talk about. Uh, hour flies by really fast, but listen, everybody, yes, Cameron Swain in the house, all the way down from Australia, mate. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing from you soon. No, thank you very much for having me. And, uh, I'm super keen to, yeah, get back on and have a, a lot longer chat. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we will. But yeah, listen, thank you so much. And uh yeah, I'll talk to you soon, Cam. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thank you. Yep. See ya. Bye. All right, everybody. Listen, dude, Cameron Swain, how awesome was that? What a proper guy. He's an absolute legend. Keep an eye out for him in 2024 out there in the ASBK R3 Cup absolute legend before i get off here obviously i got to go through my little re routine real quick he was uh he had to go so um listen everybody thank everybody who watches and this podcast it really means a lot i know i say it all the time but again i mean it i really really mean it this is for all you guys all the love and support thank you guys so much chris lewis mike cook man Simon, I mean, the list goes on and on. My man, big shout out to my man, Jake, for R&D Racing. Uh, Jake Marsh out there in BSB in the GP2 class. Uh, I need you guys to go out there and sign up for Club 45. I'm a club member. So, yeah, let's go. Keep an eye out for him. He's he's an absolute legend. Thank you guys so much. It's an absolute honor. Um, big shout out to my man, Martin, from the Clothing Kings. You can go to theclothingkings.co.uk and order all your pin to gas merchandise. Um, absolutely. We got hats, sweatshirts, hoodies, all that good stuff. So yeah, everybody it's, it's, uh, I actually need to sit down and, and write a big old list out, uh, thanking everybody individually. I, I really need to do that because I think it's important. Um, but off the top of my head, everybody that man, big shout out to Cameron Frazier, uh, Cameron Frazier, GP2 champion in 2023 and BSB, a uh, proper mega guy. You guys go support him too. My man, Finn Whedon, uh, 2023 uh, junior champion over there in BSB. Big shout out to him. Chloe Jones, Lizzie Whitmore, Mallory Dobbs, Kevin Horney, Levi Batty, Rossi Moore. Oh, man, dude, the list goes on and on. Isaac Woodworth, Avery the Lap Slayer Dreyer, my man. Jillian Carrera out there in the British Talent Cup. You guys go. He has a club 40. You guys need to go sign up for his club and support him too. Um, man, Ella Dreyer, it's, the list is long. It, it really is. Thank you guys so much. It's an absolute honor. And uh, I had my good mate on there, Dave Neal, the real deal Dave Neal yesterday. You guys see the off track. Man, this, this camera thing messes me up. Off track. He has a, a podcast called Off Track out there in, in the UK. It's all BSB. 
uh, listen to it. It's proper. He's a proper legend. His podcast is absolute amazing. Uh, absolutely one of the only motorcycle podcasts I listen to. It there's there, there, there's a couple. Um, another one is Moto PG. Uh, they're from Australia. Absolute legend of a podcast. You guys go check that one out too as well. Um, but yeah, listen, guys, thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. Uh, you guys stay tuned. I got uh, I got Tom Neve coming up, BSB Superbike Racer. So yeah, it's going to be proper, proper legend. I, I got a lineup coming. So thank you guys again. I appreciate everybody. Uh, if you guys ever want to get in contact with me, just hit me up, message me on Facebook. I'll shoot you a message, give you a phone call. We can have a proper road racing uh, chat for sure. Uh, first race, World Superbikes done and dusted and gone. MotoGP is getting ready to start. We got Daytona 200 coming up here shortly, which is going to be absolutely amazing. Peter Hickman is going to be here. That field's just stacked. Um, it's it's uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be, dude. Benley, what is up, mate? Uh, but yeah. So, guys, thank you so much. This has actually been under an hour for a podcast, man. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's a it's it's really good one. Again, Cameron Swain, thank you so much for being on Pin to Gas. Absolute honor, and uh, yeah, absolute honor sitting here to do this for everybody. And thank you guys so much. It really means a lot to me. So, if you guys get a chance and you haven't yet, I know I don't say it. I need to start saying it. Go like and subscribe, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, all those good places, TikTok, Spotify, iHeart, Boomplay, Samsung, yada, 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 everywhere, just everywhere, right? Thank you guys so much, and uh, yeah, I will see you guys soon. I appreciate it. You guys have a wonderful day.